come from poverty, man, we ain't have a thing. Hello, I'm Colin, I'm your host, and today we're going to be talking about the poverty crisis in South Sudan, and I'm I'm here with... I'm Colin, the ho- or the guest. And I'm Sam, the other guest. So I have a couple questions here today, because you guys know a lot about the poverty crisis in South Sudan. So my first question is, why is South Sudan in poverty? Well, they're a relatively new country, and they were kind of born out of war, so all their country is really known so far as kind of violence. So they haven't really had time to like stabilize their economy and stuff. And 71% of their country is illiterate, which means they can't read. So, and that means that the jobs they're going to get is worse, which makes the economy go down. And and 81% of the country lives on $1 a day salaries. Yeah, and so they had insane inflation. I think in 2016, their inflation was up like 309%. So that kind of destroyed their economy and made their money like worthless. And so since people aren't really educated enough to have jobs, there's really no way to make their money more like worthful. So their money is kind of worthless, so there's nothing to do. So question one, like really what I believe is the South Sudan like issue and why they're impoverished is because like Sam said, they've been in a war for 50 years and they became a country on July 9th in 2011 and things really haven't gone too well since. They don't have many resources or allies because they just became a new country. They've also been in a water crisis for years, which was already a thing in that in that area before they established as a country. But once they've established a country, they have no they have no more support because being one together, the Sudan was really they had allies then. People were like they had allies of other countries. But now, once they're a new country, they have no one really. So they have no one to give them any resources like medical care, like water, army, government, anything. They have no help whatsoever and that really is the reason why south sudan is in such a bad poverty crisis and going on with that ever since they became a country they have no way to make schools nobody can get educated well 73 percent of the adults can't read how are they going to find a job if they can't read it's a major issue and also the war split up so many families like so many you're imagine being split up from your family that's all you want to do is look for them they're not focusing on their country they're not focused on getting unimpoverished it's a terrible crisis i would also like to evaluate on that and tell you that um when we say poverty you mean extreme poverty which is exactly what south sudan is in and extreme poverty can mean lack of food lack of water lack of shelter education it pretty just pretty much just means lacking something, and pretty much our whole podcast we're talking about all the crises and everything that South Sudan is lacking and how we can solve that. Next question: What are people already doing to help? What what kind of things have they been established? Sure we skip this question. There are websites and kind of organizations like I think it's the UHNCU or something like that. UNICEF. What's another organization other than UNICEF? Oh, the John Dow Foundation helps John famine, famine in, uh, in places which, and medical issues, less diseases, and overall better lives for the South Sudanese.
So what Colin is trying to say is that if we really work with companies like the John Doe Foundation, it will overall create a better life for our friends in South Sudan. Africa. Also, H2O for life helps <laughs> helps get water that is clean into the, into the country, which will lead to like what we said before, like the the woman in the family to actually get educated and make and make it easier for them to get a job and not just walk to water every day. Agreeing with Colin, I really do that believe that H2O for Life is our best bet for helping the poverty crisis in South Sudan. H2O for Life is a great company. Like Colin said, they're improving water. They're giving water to the South Sudanese. And every graph, every chart I've looked at is showing that their their poverty crisis is coming from their water crisis. So cracking down on this crisis will make it so much easier to crack down on the others because the education is failing because people aren't going to school. They're walking for the water. Once we the first crisis, poverty, we can fix. No, once we, once, sorry, let me rephrase that. Once we fix the first crisis of water, then we can start fixing education, famine, all of those other crises. So are there any other, like, thing, like companies or organizations or even ways that have already been made to, that they have done to, like, express awareness can you rephrase that? Well, there's GoFundMe's also. No, like what other like organizations or are we spreading awareness? A long, a long walk, walk to, to water, water is a book. Who is it by? Uh, Salva. Linda Sue Park. I think that book really used it used like sympathy or is it? See, there's sympathy or empathy. It used kind of it like when people write it. I think it kind of made them realize like what it's like for people there so i think that really helped open people's minds to the crisis there so i think kind of books like that are really helpful it also helped because the main character in the book was from south sudan so that he knew the problems that was going on inside of it <laughs> and the book a long walk to order it really spread a ton of awareness because i really before I read the book, A Long Lost Water, I knew nothing of South Sudan. I didn't know it was in poverty or there was in a war. And that book really taught me that, like, South Sudan has been in a terrible war. In the book, when the main character, Salva, was split up from his family and really had to learn his way around by himself and kind of develop independence. And it took him years to, spoiler alert, by the way, it took him years <laughs> to finally, finally understand that he will probably never be back with his family and that... South Sudan has been in so many crises with wars and poverty that it's just a really big struggle. And in the end of the book, Salva finally, he comes back to America, and when he's about 30 or late 20s, he finally meets his family again, and half of them are died because of such bad crises, like famine, water problem. And he meets his dad in the hospital who has uh, a parasite inside of him and will need a very big surgery. And yeah, it kind of really brought awareness, and I bet it brings so much awareness. And it's a very great book to like to learn about South Sudan, and it's one of the main reasons why people actually know about the terrible poverty crisis. A long walk to water really made me want to help. So I believe that showing more people this book will spread more awareness, and more people will want to learn about this problem. So there's a ton of already. There's already a ton of organizations, but there's still a problem. The problem is still there. Poverty is still 
in in South Sudan. So I think the main thing that we need to do is spread awareness. Well, I mean, I think the reason that that's happening is because these organizations aren't there. Like, I think fixing their economy is a big thing that we need to do to like make their country better in the long run. But these con- like these organizations can't really do that. Because these organizations are kind of smaller nonprofits. These are just helping with the effects. They're helping, like, they're kind of making it so that it's better short term for people, just so, like, their standard of life kind of temporarily is improved. But I think the country isn't going to be, be made any better from this. Because, like, I think, I think if their economy is bad, they're still going to be back. If we, like, make awareness and people, like, are willing to donate, then they will be there for the long term. I think they are there for the short term because they might not have enough money to be there for, like, so long that it helps for, like, the long term. I completely agree with Colin when he said that spreading awareness is really what we should do because I, I believe the same thing. Spreading awareness is really helping the companies, like, John Doe, H2O for Life, it's helping more people donate to them and it's really giving them the source behind what they do. It's giving them money. And the more awareness we spread, the more people will actually donate to them. And in our podcast, we're giving you like an ex- a brief explanation like what you can do. And it's just a really small thing, spreading awareness. And I believe that like that's how we're do- what that's what we're doing right now and we're helping so just tell anyone about this problem and it'll spread awareness and it'll really help the crisis of poverty. And also make sure to tell them to read the book, A Long Walk to Water. So yeah, and there's other countries like South Sudan, but they've been in poverty for other reasons. So what are the reasons that other countries are impoverished? Corrupt government and just bad, I mean, just bad leadership and bad spending and violence, I think, like wars. Like in Venezuela, the money crisis there, that is that is because of the bad uh, government. Like, the corruption in the government. Corruption, which, because the leader is just like a kind of like a dictator in some sort, because like he, he does not hold fair, he is a dictator, and he doesn't hold fair elections, <laughs> which makes the people like really angry at him. Because they can't, they can't even help that he's like terrible. Because they can't, they can't really like do anything about him being in office. Because they want him out. They have their own guy that they want. But he, he just like won't give up his uh, place in power. No, no matter what anyone thinks. Yeah, so I completely agree. Once again, like most impoverished countries, really start out by having a corrupt government, like Venezuela. They were, uh, Nicolas Maduro <coughs> was elected in 2013. <coughs> he's elected in 2013, and ever since he's made a fear trap so um, nobody can really unelect him, and he just has complete control and complete power over the Venezuela. And ever since he's had power, they've been in such bad poverty because he's, he's really not helping anything he only cares about having power and money and he's not really caring about like their country and their government has just become corrupt ever since he was in power and that's really how most countries become in that kind of situation like and so impoverished because they have no government they have no leader 
So we've talked about ways like our solutions, but what are solutions that you believe the UN could do to help this crisis? And I think the way like the UN could help is kind of by, I don't know, giving them financial aid and then kind of teaching them how to like spend their money wisely and monitoring their spending and then making jobs there so their money becomes less worthless and by helping sending in like wells and stuff. If we make the if we uh, get more education sources in South Sudan, the the um, the money that people make will go up, and that will lead to better jobs, better lifestyle, probably less sicknesses, and also if we send like uh, organizations like Red Cross there, we can eliminate like some disease diseases that people have. Or, yeah, with like z- vaccines. Yeah, and. Um, and we can we can get them clean water. We can countries send aid. Then we could then that could help them also, because the money that the countries send and the supplies that will lead to like like just like the economy going up. That is a very good idea, Sam. I I completely understand where you come from. If we get the UN to help us, it'll really solve everything because they have an infinite amount of money behind them. They have tons of countries. And what you basically said right there is that when, if we get the UN, well, if we could, um, that the UN would help with the wells, help with education, help with creating more jobs. And creating more jobs is something that will almost completely abolish the poverty crisis because if there's more jobs in South Sudan, which is a great solution, let me tell you that. If there's more jobs, more people will come in for tourism, more people will move to that area, and it'll honestly create less of a poverty crisis because the country can make more money off the tourism. And tourism is such a huge factor in countries like America, countries all across the world. They, people go there because they're beautiful in South Sudan. Don't get me. It's a beautiful country. It has so much culture. It's 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 just like what you would dream of. And if if we can create more jobs, like you said the UN could do, it could solve so many problems. So that's just a great idea. So thank you for that. I'm your host, Colin, and this was our podcast. So thank you. Colin and Sam for joining me on this South Sudan Poverty Podcast. I had a great time filming it. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Thanks for having me too. This was a very good time to spread awareness for our cause. And I recommend that you read the book A Long Walk to Water by Linda Sue Park and check out the websites that help donate. So, yeah. We come from poverty, man, we ain't have a thing.